Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. All right, rolling along here, John Dickinson and Dan Devone, 888-957-9570, as this is the final hour of the program. Warriors and the Cavs tonight, right here on 95.7 The Game, as we kind of reset things. been a real fast-flowing two hours here throughout the course of the morning here on 95.7 The Game. And uh, just kind of talking some dubs. How do you feel about this Warriors team being 6-3? and three? It's 5-2 and two on the road. And the home games are coming for the Warriors. You know, I was just looking at it, and we've laid out the six games at home here, Dan, coming up with, with Cleveland tonight. Should be a fun matchup. We've seen the Cavaliers' size last Sunday and what it can do to the Warriors. The Timberwolves are playing Excellent basketball. They're going to be a chase center for two games. They're 6-2 and two to begin the year, although they've been the opposite of the Warriors in terms of the home road splits. Minnesota has played five of their first eight games uh, at home, and they're 5-0 and oh in those games, so 1-2 and two on the road, so a little bit of a test for them. But 6-2, uh, and two, and among the, the top four here to begin the year, with Denver 8-1, and one, Dallas 7-2, and two, Minnesota 6-2, and two, Warriors 6-3, and three, the top four currently in the Western Conference. Then the Dubs play Oklahoma City. Uh, Thunder got beat in Sacramento last night to, to dip to 5-4. To and four. They're a young team that the Warriors were able to beat last Friday night. And uh, you can see how loaded they are uh, with, with young talent. And then it's the Rockets who were a surprise, 5-3, and three after starting the season 0-3 under Ime Udoka. They've won five straight to get to 5-3. and three. But I was looking at it even beyond that. And we, we can get into the homestand, and I know you wanted to talk about Minnesota a little bit and the Cleveland matchup. But I was looking at even beyond the six games at home. Warriors then go to Phoenix. They're back home for San Antonio. They go to Sacramento again. Then they have a home-and-home home with the Clippers before the NBA in-season tournament week of December 4th through December 9th and, and games that are yet to be determined. But beyond that, the Warriors then, their road games. Phoenix and the Clippers again. So, so you've got two Phoenix, two Clippers, another Sacramento, a Portland, and then the Warriors have home games all the way up until Christmas at that point where they play down. The point I'm getting at is, and then another long home stand after the Christmas holiday, the Warriors may not have to leave or, or go farther east than Denver until January 12th when they play the Bulls in, in Chicago. They could have two months where their longest trips, and again, the, the in-season tournament could dictate they have to go 
somewhere for one game, uh, whether it's you know San Antonio or one of, you know one of those teams if they end up making it. But they they could not end up going beyond Denver as far as East until for two months basically on the calendar from where we are right now. You could argue that they just completed their most difficult stretch of the season as far as road games are concerned, and you're only nine games in and you're six and three. So this thing does shake out, uh, and I, I'm not a big schedule kind of guy. But if you want to look down the road, this certainly shakes out in favor of the Golden State Warriors as far as a uh, home contest and having to to travel and pack your bags. You know, some of the teams that you just mentioned that that I wanted to get into. You mentioned the Clippers. <laughs> could do a show. Yeah. We haven't we haven't been able to get into the Clippers and, and James Harden. And why not? Why waste any more time? Uh, I'd be curious to get your thoughts on the James Harden trade. I just I, I'll tell you that I have, you know, there's a reason why the Clippers are stupid and they continue to do stupid things. Um, and you wonder if it's almost as though they're buying into a franchise that has been, you know, that, is, that has done it wrong for decades. Uh, why you could convince yourselves? Because you're only bidding against yourselves. They're a wannabe franchise. Like, I'm going to give you the short answer. The Clippers are a wannabe franchise. They want to be this star-laden, always-in-the-mix, make-and-runs type of a, of a team. And basically, they have three low-level stars that, that, that don't want to play half the time you know, in, in Kawhi and Paul George, one and two. And then Harden, you know, Harden wants to play once he figures out where he you know, wants to be traded from next because that situation isn't exactly working out for him. So to me... I, I look at the Clippers, and my short answer on it, Dan, is I think they're wannabes. I think they're a wannabe, high-level, high-end, Lakers, you know, Celtics, Warriors, Heat, you know, whatever. They're a bunch of wannabes, and, and they're able to get the star players to come because it's still L.A., but they've now got three low-level dudes, and, and they're just going to perpetually underachieve uh, to a point where I, I think the whole thing's eventually going to have to get blown up. They just continually show that they have no idea how to assemble a team. I mean, I would just love to have been a, a fly on the wall when the powers of be uh, of that of the Los Angeles Clippers. And I defer to them. They know more basketball than me. But, but seriously, this is what you decide, that that's the missing piece? James Harden is the guy that's going to get us over the top. That's the guy... That we need to win that title. It's James Harden. And again, at that juncture, everybody was out. Like, no, I'll pass. They were bidding against themselves. This idea, we got James Harden. And, you know, and nobody else said, well, you're the only ones that wanted the guy at that juncture. And, and I'm just and curious. He wanted them. And he wanted them, you know, which to it. me, it's it's a match. To me, it's a match made in heaven as far as all the issues that Harden's had and wanting out of different places. And you've got Kawhi, who basically came to the Clippers because it was you know he didn't want to go to the Lakers, and it's close enough to San Diego. And basically, they're like, we're going to pay you everything that you want. And we're going to let you do whatever the hell you want. You can play when you want to play. You cannot play when you don't want to play. You can come to practice when you want to come to practice. If you know what that that two hour drive up from San Diego is a little too much for you to to to, to come to practice, you know what? Skip practice. Uh, oh, you know what? That back to back tomorrow. You know, don't make the flight to Sacramento and, and play. We're playing the kid. You know, you can just be there the next night when we're playing Oklahoma City in in uh, Crypto.com, formerly Staples Center. Like it just like to me and and you know Paul George. Uh, unfortunately for him, I actually don't think Paul George 
is <clears throat> I don't I don't think Paul George is low level, but for as talented a player as he is, there's just always been a too cool for school element. Like he, he's not a one anymore in terms of pecking order. Hasn't been for for some time. And but I just you know he kind of wants to get his numbers and and you know be among the teams that are talked about as be or be among the players that are talked about as the elite players that are contenders, but not have really any of the actual pressure that comes along with it because you're still playing for the Clippers and nobody gives a rip if you win the damn thing because you're the Clippers. So you know that's kind of my two cents on the other two. And then James Harden to me, you know, a guy that's shut it down on what three, four teams now. Uh, like he is a perfect fit, Dan, for the the low level wannabe. L.A. Clippers, and you look at their... I mean, they, they want... How bad do they want to be the Lakers? How bad do they want to be the Lakers, Dan? That they're building their freaking arena right next to the Forum in, in Inglewood and, and SoFi Stadium right now, which, by the way, looks like it might be spectacular. But they, they're, just, they're just a bunch of wannabes, man. They're a bunch of posers. Yeah, it's... It makes no sense, and maybe it makes sense to uh, who is the GM now? Redden? This, this, I don't even know who's running things over there. But it's maybe it makes sense in that you know that our long-term goal is that we got to put butts in the seats for this this new stadium. I I remember when the Angels and Artie Moreno signed Albert Pujols to this crazy ten-year deal, and the last eight years of that contract made no sense, and he was making crazy, crazy coin and. And it was because, you know, once you pull back the layers, they have this new television deal, and so financially it made sense. Maybe there's something there, because on the surface, when you look at this from an X's and O and basketball standpoint, you can't, there's, I don't know how you justify it. And just to bring things back to the Golden State Warriors, when you look at a team like that, and you look at the individual talent, and maybe there's some that on paper they're like, wow, Westbrook has been so good with the Clippers, and he has, much better than that of the Lakers. You know, Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard were thought to be the two best two-way players, right, that were going to be on the same team. The three of them, and now you, now you add James Harden, say what you will about James Harden, but he led the league in assists, and he's shown that you know he can facilitate, and, and maybe this will work. The thing is is that collectively there's no way in hell that's going to work. Like individually, you know, that's some, there's some talent there, but there is, and to bring it back to the Warriors in Denver as well, and I think Rick Buecher, I may have pilfered this from him, he was talking about that, you know, Denver now that they've won a title, they can look at each other when things aren't going well through the course of the season, knowing we, we, we've done this as a group. We know how to do this. There's a sense of confidence. And the same is, is held true for the Warriors for years, that you know their core knows how to get it done. The Los Angeles Clippers don't have that. They're nowhere near that. They've got you know four guys who have never played together and have no interest in terms of finding that that missing little ingredient of sacrifice of what it takes to get over the hump. So it it, it doesn't make sense. But then again, nothing ever does out there in in Clipperland. No, it just it's it, to me it's it's low level. It, it 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 you can make the case that it doesn't make sense. I, I think in a lot of ways it actually makes perfect sense. <laughs> and and you look up at where they are, and and guys are in and out of the lineup, and they're three and five, 
And of course, their their point differential is plus two point eight, right? So their 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 point differential. I'm sure they're going to play this game all year. Why why are the Clippers twenty and twenty? Why are the Clippers twenty eight and thirty? Why are they go? Oh, they're going to get it going. They're going to get it going. Nobody wants to face the Clippers in the playoffs. James Harden's going to come around. Well, they, I mean, even James Harden this morning, I guess, or last night, or one. Of, I, they, they got beat again last night. They've lost, I think, four in a row. Uh, now three and five, and Harden's like, yeah, you know, it's gonna take some time. It's gonna take some time. Like the Clippers are always, the Clippers are, ah, it's gonna take some time. We're, we'll, we'll figure it out. And then you're gonna look up in April, they're gonna be forty-four and thirty-eight, and they're gonna be in the playing tournament. And everybody's gonna say, well, nobody wants to play the Clippers. Oh my God, nobody in the top two, three wants to play the Clippers. Uh, top two, uh, and and then. They're going to get in, and whoever they play is going to knock them out, and it's going to be another underachievement uh, for a, a group of group of wannabes, man, group of wannabe superstars and a wannabe franchise. Another team I want to talk about that's on the schedule and also out of the West, unlike that of the Clippers, are the Minnesota Timberwolves because they really seem to be the sexy pick by a lot of people that's going to be this year's Sacramento or a team that – potentially could dethrone Denver this year. I don't know that I can go this far because uh, that far simply because there's a lack of experience there, but they are pretty scary. And I've always liked uh, Ant-Man and Anthony Edwards. That, that's crazy athleticism. He can get a little erratic still at times, but that dude is just, and in his, unlike that of Jonathan Kaminga, which is why Kaminga is a bit of a disappointment to me because I thought he'd be further along. And I thought in his third year after what I saw, when he when he came onto the scene as a rookie, I thought he was gonna you know it was all gonna come come together for him. But but Anthony Edwards is a guy that it, the game slowed down for him, and he's he's ready to take the mantle as the centerpiece. And then Gobert, uh, listen, Gobert's been a clown for the last couple of years, but he's returned at least health wise to the way he was in Utah when he was you know the best defensive player in the league. And he knows his role, and that to go along with that kid McDaniel's uh, and Naz Reed, they got these long, athletic guys, and they're all like in their mid twenties. Uh, that is, that's a team that everybody should be keeping an eye on. Yes, and I, I think ultimately it's about Anthony Edwards and and the level that he's at and how far he can he can carry them because I do think they have some unproven's in the playoffs in, in Towns and and Gobert to be sure. I'm not buying it, and and I, I'm going to admit something to you that I admitted to a, a buddy of mine the other night because I, I watched the Timberwolves a couple of times this week on the on the league pass. They're one of my favorite teams to watch. I, I love watching the Clippers. I watched them. I watched the. I'm sorry. I love watching the. I love watching the Timberwolves. I hate watching the Clippers. I, I <laughs> Freudian slip there. I hate watching the Clippers. Uh, I watched Minnesota play Boston th- this week. A terrific game. They beat them back and forth. Goes to overtime. Yeah, they beat them. They beat Denver uh, up at Target Center earlier in the year. The the one Denver lost to this point. I love watching them. They're crazy. Yeah, like they, 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 they do some of the dumbest stuff you'll ever see and then make some of the most spectacular Well, that's Edwards, I think. A lot of that's Edwards. And they definitely take on his personality. Anthony Edwards is a freaking treat. Like he just he is special and he's confident and he plays with an edge. And sometimes I think it you know to his detriment as he finds his NBA game. I think there's also going to be a point where he's just going to be completely unstoppable. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe by the end of this year, next year, he I think he is that good. 
But they do, and, and, and I like the job Chris Finch has done. I know he's been maligned at different times. I think Chris Finch is sharp. I, I think he... I think he knows what he's up against with, with some of the, the IQs of the players that he has, and you can tell that at times they're driving him crazy, but there's a, there's a toughness to, to their team. There's an edge to their team. There's a, a little bit crazy to their team in a good way. Uh, they're just a, they're a fun watch. You know, a, a few years ago, we used to do this on, on this show in this slot. Maybe, maybe we'll bring it back as the season goes on. I used to do my my NBA you know, league pass watchability you know, you know rate and, and Minnesota and the and Sacramento were my were probably my favorite two last year because they always played crazy ass games just just down to the wire unreal stuffs happening both good and bad I love watching the Timberwolves I don't think the Timberwolves are contenders this year I I again we'll I'm let's see where it shakes out if they end up being top four I think they would tell you. If they didn't have injuries last year, they would have been top four last year, and the injuries are why they wound up down in the in the play-in tournament fighting for their spot. But I, I, I'm willing to admit that they could win in the high 40s. I got to see it in the playoffs. So I think there's too much of the up and down, wild mood swings of a of a team to them to where I think this year they're they're contenders, but definitely a a hell of a fun watch. And the thing about Edwards is that when you think about the, the, the ridiculous athleticism of this guy, there's a, there's a buy-in defensively with this guy that, you know, he can also dominate on the defensive end when he And I think that to. comes from Finch. Because the, the one thing that Finch did when he took over a couple years back in the middle of the year, they just immediately became a team that had zero resistance to a team that was – at the very least, and y'all, and you know this, Dan. I know you play a lot of pickup, and you know, play played a different time. They're just that group that just, is, you know, what we're just gonna foul the hell out of you because we can't play defense until we learn how to play defense, or until we get some guys on our squad that know how to play defense. We're just gonna be physical, and you know what? If you can't handle it, then good luck. And if there's officials, they're not gonna call everything. And it was kind of like the old Nelly Warriors, I thought, used to do that uh, a little bit back in the day. Ne- never great defensively, but until they, they could become good defensively in certain matchups, and look, they were never great, but you just we're just going to foul you and be rugged and, and tough. And I, I think there's a ruggedness and a toughness that Finch demanded immediately. I think it vibes with Anthony Edwards' personality, to your point. And now they have built more of a defensive foundation with the players that they brought in to where to where it is legitimate. And I think Mike Conley has been a good fit. We yeah, talk about how sure. uh, Chris Paul never turns the ball over this guy. He's, just, he's even better numbers than that of Chris Paul uh, as far as his assist-to-turnover ratio. So I, I think I'm with you that when it comes to – I think they're a year away. I think you still have to get over that hump and make a deep run into the playoffs to really understand how this thing works when it gets to the second season. There's – it gets thrown around casually, but there is something to the experience uh, component to all of this that they're still very young. And I know Conley's had some runs and Gobert's been in the playoffs, but your best player doesn't have a lot of playoff experience. And that means something, that when you get deep into the playoffs, that it, the game changes and the game slows down. It becomes more of a half-court contest. And there's nuance to the game as you get into more important uh, more important games that are that are that much more magnified, and I don't know that that Edwards has crossed that threshold yet, and and whether that team has the maturity 
to win, say, a big game seven on the road. Yeah, and, or even just to get get through a a, a playoffs. So, like I I think they they're in line for. I'd almost bet right now they're in line for most entertaining series in a play. Like you knew Sacramento was going to have an entertaining series last year, and it and it turned out we all got to see it up close and personal because it was against the Warriors, just based on the way that they played in the regular season. I think Minnesota would be my early, my early. Yeah, you know what? Whoever they end up playing. That's going to be a whale of a series. There may wind up being a couple of fights that break out. Guys are going to have to be separated. Like, it's just going to be crazy stuff going on left and right. So I like them, but I'm not sold on them. And and to your point, I do think a year and, and, and maybe a player away as well, a complimentary type player that, that holds the glue together in addition to Conley. All right, let me just stay in the West and continue to pick your brain. Going from the teams that have been the pleasant surprise to the bottom of the league and the conference, and that being the Memphis Grizzlies. Is it, if this thing gets, continues to get ugly, right, and you're 10 or 15 games, you're 10 games under 500, and here comes Ja Morant, uh, and that, we're still a, a month or so uh, more than that away from that becoming a reality. Is it too late? Can they salvage anything out of this season? Uh, maybe getting into the playing tournament because you look up in March and if you're you know eight games under 500, you're probably three games back of a of a playoff you know of a play-in spot. But no, I I think they're in deep trouble. Uh, talked about it a couple weeks ago. I, I I thought that this is where they were headed. To be, I'm I'm actually not surprised at all. Uh, because they, you know, one, not having John Morant. I thought when Steven Adams went down, oh, yeah. that was, uh-oh, because like, he's kind of a glue guy as far as their their toughness and everything they do, and then you're not going to have Jaw. You, you basically blame everything that went wrong with your franchise on Dylan Brooks, and look, Dylan Brooks is no angel, and, and he's got his own issues, but to me, they scapegoated Dylan Brooks. I know a lot. I know people in the Bay hate Dylan Brooks, and that's fine. I, I get it, but I think they scapegoated Dylan Brooks, and to me, they it, it's a it's a perfect storm of of the off the court stuff with Ja and getting himself suspended and injury and letting a guy that was a key player go because you deemed him to be part of the problem, and now you look up and a lot of these teams have have passed you by. And you can't win at home anymore. They were they were great at home. They had home heavy schedule to start the year. Can't win a home game now. Zero and five. Uh, can't beat anybody. I mean, they barely beat Portland for their one for their one win, uh, and and played them consecutive not you know consecutive games uh, to to have to do it. I, I think they're were in major trouble and are in major trouble. Uh, and again, I'm not surprised because it just. I mean, you think of the fall from grace from where they were at the end of that Warriors series, a, a, a team on the come, you know, a year and a half ago, to, you know, flaming out against the Lakers in, in the first round of the playoffs. I thought this was set up for them to be in big, big trouble. And, and here we are. Yeah, and, and listen, I, uh, I, I, I'm not going to lose sleep over it because they were pretty cocky and they were popping off. Uh, and you, you got to prove it. And now... You know, we talked about how Anthony Edwards sort of sets the tone in Minnesota, and while he can be a little wild, you know, there's there's still some some serious basketball, not only talent, but but he there's there's a there's a there's a credibility to him, I think, and and as as crazy and wild eyed as they can be, they're still a good basketball team. 
I think that this team sort of falls in line with that of John Morant, that, you know, it's mismanaged. It's it, There's not a lot of discipline. And, you know, a lot of it, listen, Steven Adams, I think uh, Brandon Clark, I want to say, is out. But Jared Jackson's there, and Desmond Bain's been been playing. It's just, just not good enough. No, they're not like good that. That's just not good enough alone, un- unfortunately for them. But yeah, there aren't going to be too many people in the Bay Area that are feeling sorry as much w- with as much run as as the the Grizzlies were were given to everybody as far as running their mouths. All right, eight at eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. Good segment there, talking a little NBA uh, at large. As uh, it's Dan Devone, it's John Dickinson. We got one final segment. We'll get back into some dubs, upcoming homestand. How you feeling about this team at six and three? It's all straight ahead here, Warriors this week on ninety five seven. The game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Warriors This Week continues on 95.7 The Game. All right, final segment. Man, flying along here on a Saturday. Good stuff. Dan, appreciate you being along for the ride. Uh, We'll do this again next Saturday. Looking forward to that. A lot of home games coming up for the Warriors this week, and so we'll be... We'll be talking about all of them with the Cavs and a couple against Minnesota and the first of what will be two against Oklahoma City as well uh, the next time that that we speak next Saturday. And the the Warriors off to a a solid start. And now we'll see see if they can do it on the home floor because you mentioned something earlier uh, right off the top of the show. Hey, just because last year you were this dominant home team doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be that way again. And much to the way that the Warriors have flipped the script on the road. I mean, they were awful on the road a year ago. This year, they're they're playing well. You can't count those home wins as guarantees, but if this Warriors team is ultimately going to be what they view themselves as, Dan, you know, get to the t- low 20s as far as road wins or be at 500 and try to win those 30 home games, and that's how you get to 50. And if you get to 50, I think everybody's going to like this team's shot at making a run if they're healthy. Yeah, always nice to be home, and you would think that 
listen, when you play at home, obviously, when we have the Golden State Warriors and Chase, we know the history. But sometimes, you know, weird, quirky things can arise. And, you know, you can take on various personalities if you you, you lose a game that you should have won. And, uh, you know, it's little demons begin to creep into the back of your head. You lose a sense of confidence. And sometimes... Don't be the Clippers, Dan. Exactly. Don't be the Clippers, Devon. Don't be the, don't be the team that thinks you can just show up and automatically win these games just because you're at home. You do that, especially against this group of teams that the Warriors are facing, and you're, you're going to, I think, wind, wind up being in a little bit of trouble. Well, therein lies, I think, the difference is that while it could happen... That the, the in all likelihood it's not because not only are you not the Clippers, you have you know a veteran laden team and you have a Steph Curry and you have a Draymond to remind guys, especially the younger players or the players that have not been been here and done that before. That listen, you just don't simply show up or you don't mail anything in. And Chris Paul also can bring his his veteran guile. So I think that the the Warriors will be their dominant selves at home. Uh, and I think that what we're seeing on the road, whether they win, you know, the winning percentage remains the same, will be a challenge. But I've seen enough, and I, I think that, uh, I don't mean to speak for you, would agree that clearly there has been a culture change with the Golden State Warriors. And while sometimes things can be a little bit misleading this early in the season, uh, I think what you're witnessing with the Golden State Warriors, especially on the road, that this is pretty much legitimate. And the maturity of Chris Paul and somebody on the text line, this is beautiful. And this is unofficial because I'm just simply going off of you, 510. They, they got CP3's numbers, 66 assists to seven turnovers. Meanwhile, Jordan Poole, again, unofficially, 29 assists to 21 turnovers. Wow. Pretty much tells you everything you need to know at this point. It it tells you about Chris Paul, the stabilizer, and it tells you that Jordan Poole probably still falls down a lot when he's trying to drive <laughs> to the basket and and loses the ball for a turnover. That that's the that's the uh, cousin, the distant cousin of the the pick six in the NFL. How many uh, the the Warriors led the 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 NBA in the the NBA version of the pick six. Just a bad just a bad pass or a fumble you know a fumbled ball that goes the other way for a dunk or a layup. Well, I just remember specifically in games last year with the game hanging in the balance and again, not going back on Jordan Poole, but uh, <laughs> sorry Jordan, I remember the ball in his hands and you just had this sense especially in a close game something bad is going to happen, all right? That was just an innate fear. And now it's the polar opposite when Chris Paul has the ball in his hands. I'm not saying you're going to get a bucket. I'm not saying Chris Paul is going to get to you know his mid-range. But you have this almost sense of, of comfort that Chris Paul is going to get you in the right action. Or that Chris Paul is going to put the ball in the right guy's hands. And that's the difference between winning and losing. And that's the difference, I think, between a bench that is now a quality bench, one of the best in the NBA as opposed to one of the worst a year ago. Well, it's just don't it's it's one, don't screw things up and it's two, make the simple play and trust that over the long haul if you do that, you're going to you know, you're going to be better than the than the opposition. And I think it's you know, it's that formula, but having someone that's as elite at it uh, to to be able to be the guy that's the you know, the the person that's 
that's at the forefront all of, of it in, in, in Chris Paul, a future Hall of Famer, I, I think that makes it all the more uh, easy and, and, and effective. A uh, couple of things, Comcast Business Text Line, uh, 510. I, I read this one only because it just popped up, and I'll let you respond to it. There were actually some other ones I really wanted to, to get into. Devone, the number one Jordan Poole hater club. Oh. You want to... You want to pop him one still? The, no, the you know what, JD? Up. So I used to not run, my not my question, but the five one zero did ask. I him. used to run this thing on my show. But I don't know how we got into this. If I, it was the MPF most punchable face. I just happened to uh, mention well, it one day, and it just took on a life of its own. And Jordan Poole was right at the very top. I think Skip Bayless came in a close second. And uh, who's the guy who's now? He was with Milwaukee. Uh, he was the former Duke player, Allen. Grayson Allen. Grace, Grayson Allen. He's was, with Phoenix. He's with Phoenix now. That's right. He was always in the top five. So I think that's what they're referring to. I listen. I was not a Jordan Poole fan. I could just tell you, as a fan, there's some people you gravitate to, and there's some people that you just enjoy watching, and it's a personal thing. And I never liked the guy. I just even when when things are going well, and you cannot deny. Listen, I think we don't want to have revisionist history that. Jordan Poole, all he did was turn the ball over and create enemies. The Warriors don't make that playoff run or get to the NBA Finals if he doesn't do what he did against Denver in those playoffs. And he was just, he was amazing. We cannot ignore the fact that this guy was the second best scorer more often than not next to Steph Curry. But I can they just, needed him to be. Yeah. yeah. But, and I could just, but I'm just telling you that the sticking out the tongue, feigning the injuries, just the personality. It's just like I'm out on the guy, and I, that's just me. And and I don't know if I'm alone. I'm not asking for people to join, you know, to join me in my, in my misery. <laughs> I'll admit, uh, on the Warriors end of it, and and a couple other text messages I do want to get to here between now and noon before we call it a, a day. But I, I'll admit, I, I'm a little surprised that it's worked as well as it's worked with the not not the Jordan Poole part, but the the this this bench. With Chris Paul and Saric, who comes over as somebody that had played with Chris Paul previously, you know Moody and Kaminga are now in it. GP two, you know that balance of it. I, I I am surprised that it not that it's been effective, but that it's been effective at the level that it's been effective to you know plus whatever the heck it was, you know fourteen fifteen points a game on average through through the first nine games of the season. I, I, I will wholeheartedly admit it. And there have been times even where, where that group, I think I mentioned this to you last week, there's times where that the, the CP3, Moody, Peyton, Kaminga, Saric, specific five is out there together where I go, how are they going to score? And, and you know, but for the most part, they have been able to figure it out with that group. There have been three or four little three, four-minute stretches where they haven't, but even on the nights where they haven't in the first go-round, Kerr makes maybe one tweak, put a Clay Thompson in for one of those four players, and it flows a lot better in the in the second half. So it, it's worked, my man. It really has. I don't think you're alone. Uh, I think if you know you were to get a beer and be alone with Steve Kerr, he might admit as much. That yeah, we to knew this we, level. Yeah, yeah, we we knew we upgraded, but to be this good, and, and maybe things will level off as the season goes along. But I, I, I don't think you're alone. I, I think that Steve Kerr would have to admit that this has been uh, e- even better than, than he expected. And this is a, a best, best-case scenario, what we've witnessed to this point. A couple other on the Comcast business text line. Uh, the 510 did ask, uh, is Draymond, or Draymond and Chris Paul, I'm sorry, Draymond and GP2 back tonight? And I am looking at the, the latest injury report. The Warriors had no injuries to report as of 
an hour ago, and I'm looking at I'm looking at the current one as we speak here. Give me one second to click it. Uh, Warriors and the Cavs. Yeah, no, just uh, just Ty Jerome for Cleveland and the Warriors. Yeah, Ty, Ty Jerome, Isaac Okoro for for Cleveland uh, in in this one tonight, and the Warriors with no injuries to report. So they and they did recall Trace Jackson Davis and Brandon Pajemski after the big nights that they both had last night for for Santa Cruz. So the Warriors with the three two way players are going to be, you know, they're going to have everybody available to play. Uh, and so they'll have, a, they'll have a healthy and active. So good news on that front with, with Dre and with Gary Payton II uh, back and available to play for the Warriors in that one. Uh, 5-1-0, what was your opinion of the officiating in the game against Denver? Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, the, the missed goaltend is about as bad as it gets. I know there was another uh, turnover that they, they called against Wiggins that maybe shouldn't have been. I think that one came up on the, on the two-minute report. Uh, it wasn't good, uh, but I don't think there's been anything outlandish at this point where you can say, you know, the Warriors have absolutely been been fleeced or anything like that. It, but but the missed goaltend is as bad as it gets. And the inability to review it is unfortunate. That hurt. That hurt because it came at such a, a key part of the contest. You know, these things really do. And I know this is why you like Steve Kerr. Because Steve Kerr was hot. He got teed up, right? I think he did. And, you know, Steve Kerr was going after the referees. Sometimes he does that to, to protect and back his players. But also he's, you know, he's an emotional guy. But Steve Kerr always says the right things. That these things, and they really do have a way of evening out. Uh, and and the referees are are. Uh, listen, I I can go on forever. How the referees, especially when it comes to the NBA, the officiating is just becomes disruptive, and it's hard to watch a game simply because uh, of the fact that that refs wait to the fourth quarter before they let them play. Let them play the entire damn game, as far as I'm concerned. But amen. You know, when it comes to you know, Steve Kerr's like, look, these do th- these things really do. As frustrated as you might get, it, you know, the other team has just as much reason. They can point out just as many times where they got jobbed on a call. And then I saw Taylor Jenkins last night just going off, and maybe this was just sort of, you know, the the frustration boiling over. And he he's going to get fined because he went after the officiating last night, and he was pretty pointed and and dropping some f bombs, and and he just, you know, he just went after the refs and said one and eight. Yeah. That's a one and eight will do. Exactly. And he's saying that's why we lost the game because, you know, you teed up my man, Jerry Jackson. I didn't happen to watch all of the contests, but yeah, that, that you're right. That's just a level of the frustration that's seeping out at this point. And I, and I think he's, I think he's in trouble too. Oh, I think that's gone. also this, I think that's also this, the, 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 like, like he might be gone here before December. The, he's not going to make the all-star break. Yeah. The, the way things are, are going as far as that group goes, uh, JD, what's your, uh, Oh, mentioned, mentioned the officiating. Sorry. Wrong one there. Uh, got to push back. We got somebody pushing back on, on Paul George. Paul George would be amazing for this warrior squad. If you wanted to move Wiggins. Well, yeah, Paul George is the warriors, you know, fourth or fifth option would, would be awesome. <laughs> no doubt. My my problem is he's treated like he's a number one option, and I don't think he's been a number one option in a decade. I mean, we're, I think I don't think he's been a true number one option since pre-injury in in Indiana when he was getting to conference finals against LeBron. Yeah, and just you mentioned Andrew Wiggins, just sort of to to end things where we started. I, I again just to reiterate, I 
I'm not surprised, nor am I overly concerned or alarmed of, of his play up to this point, simply because we have seen this pretty much throughout the duration of his career with the Golden State Warriors, where he has a, a tendency just to, to not be uh, the most energetic player. I'll stop short of saying checked out um, and disengaged. I think that that was uh, pretty insightful of what it is. It is somebody that, can, that has a tendency to be an introvert in your own right. Um, you can speak much better to that than I can. But I, I do think that he could be streaky. And I, I do think that there is another shoe that's going to drop when it comes to the likes of Andrew Wiggins and that Wiggins will be a, a force uh, before, certainly before the end of the season. And, and I think it's just you know the proverbial powder keg that he will be uh, an impactful player once again. There's very little doubt in my mind that that will once again return to the Golden State Warriors. It's, assuming there isn't something bigger going on, uh, I, I'm with you. Uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm really not that worried about Wiggins. Now you lose a couple of games here in the ne- on this homestand, and he continues to play the way that he's playing. I think it can flip fast. Like I, like I, I, I do think we have to evaluate this. To me, you always with me, Dan, get the benefit of the doubt when you win, and 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 I think you know it allows players that aren't playing well more time to come around. But the moment you're not winning, and I get it, you know, everyone wants to have the conversation in the moment, and and you know, I I think it's been a little over the top, to be perfectly honest, the the chatter about Wiggins and how bad it's been, and and then the levels that it goes to, and I, I believe me, I I think it goes to that level so quickly because of his personality, but his personality is also based on his history as as a player. You know, when Wiggins hasn't played well, it's always kind of that whole, you know, is he fully invested in it? Now, again, I think some of that's unfair because of the personality type and, and all of that, but I, I think people have been, you know, let's, let's give it 10 games. You know, and you know what? Let's give it another 10 games and see where the Warriors are at and see where Wiggins is at. I mean, I've heard people saying, you know, start Kaminga. Like Kaminga, now, if Kaminga had played as well in the first halves of these games that he's played in some of the second halves, then I think we would be having a conversation about maybe, maybe there needs to be some kind of a move made. Or if the Warriors weren't winning at the 6-3 the and three clip, maybe there needs to be some kind of a move made. But I don't think Kaminga has played well enough to where you're like, he has to start over Wiggins. They basically had the same line the other night, and everybody was thrilled with Kaminga and thought Wiggins stunk. And so, you know, I think, I, I think it's kind of taken on a little bit of a, of a life of its own uh, because, you know, again, Wiggins did help him win that title, but Warrior fans do tend to be a little territorial among the who's one of us. Who's one of our own, right? Like Wiggins was an outsider. Yes, an outsider that helped him win a title in a big way, but you know, Kaminga is the fresh, young, athletic dude that's gonna be the next Kawhi or Giannis, you know, at the high end, I think, and obviously I'm kidding, but that's kinda how he has been billed and how some Warrior fans talk about him. And so they're in line to kind of wanna see a little bit more. Pump the brakes on all of it. Like, let's give Wiggins five to ten more games. Let's see where the Warriors' record is at in terms of wins and losses. Uh, you know, I'm willing to give him this whole homestand. Let's see how it goes. And let's also let Kaminga continue to grow into what is going to be best for this Warriors team, and that is this season, which is being an effective role player. Kaminga, to me, is figuring out how to be an effective role player, and that 
for this team this season is far more important than whatever his ceiling is down the line. I think that brings up an interesting point. Is at what point does Jonathan Kaminga, and maybe he doesn't get to this, you know, to, to have this conversation with himself while looking in the mirror, is or is this something he shares with his agent that the there becomes a level of frustration? Well, and I, I mentioned this earlier that when you're a rookie with the Warriors, you're not a rookie with Portland, you're not a rookie with Houston, you're not a rookie with with a team that's in the midst of a rebuild. This isn't Detroit. We'll just put you out there and you can learn on the go, make your mistakes. That's okay because we're not going anywhere. You're not going to get run. You have to play within the system, and if you make mistakes repeatedly, you're not going to play. That It's as simple as that because we're a plug-and-play team that's ready to win a title right now, and that's the focus. We are, and we talked about matching windows. The core is ready to win a title right now, and their time is running out, so you've got to hit the ground running. At what point, J.D., or does this ever happen where Jonathan Kaminga says, you know what? I'm tired of playing within the rules. I'm tired of having this short leash of I've got to be I've got to be this type of a player. I want to go somewhere where somebody's just going to let me be me. Let me be that guy who can just go the full 94 feet and let me just, you know, let me just unleash all this athleticism and this talent that's being inhibited by somebody like that of Steve Curry and or the Golden State Warriors. He may get to that point. I think there were some that believed he was pretty close to that point at the end of last season, which to me was ridiculous, given what he'd actually done in his NBA career. Uh, I, again, I think this year, I, I've, I've said this, I think there's almost a, a concerted effort on the Warriors' part to give him opportunities, but also give him opportunities to do the things that he wants to do. I mean, I can't tell you how many times the Warriors have put him in position to get the ball in the wing and and basically do whatever you want. And, and I said it earlier, it looks like he's got a green light. It looks like they've told him, you get the rock in your hands, look to shoot and look to score, and and he has with varying degrees of success. A lot of the first halves, it's been god-awful. A lot of the second halves, it's been borderline spectacular. So you take the good with the bad. Uh, I do think, and, and you know, we're going to be up against it here in, in the next couple of minutes, so maybe this is a con- I mean, this is absolutely a conversation that will move forward in, into the coming weeks and toward the end of the year based on how Kaminga plays and, and Wiggins, too, and everybody else. The Warriors are going to have to make a decision on a contract extension for for Kaminga. Uh, They picked up his fourth-year option, so he's signed for this season and next season. Well, he's due for an extension this coming offseason, or do you let it play out if you're the Warriors? And and I I can already see there being an impasse. As things stand right now, I can already see an impasse between what Kaminga thinks he should like, I'll bet I would bet that Kaminga and his agents right now think he's at a minimum an eighty million dollar play, like a four year eighty million dollar extension, and that's like a starting point. And I, I don't think he's reached that level yet. Uh, you know, that's almost the Jordan Pool where Jordan Pool was two years ago at this time. If you if you think back, like he was eighteen a game, efficient filling in for Clay, like, wow, like the Warriors are going to have to pay this dude. Like Everybody was saying that about Jordan Poole, even the, the skeptics at that particular point in time. He pushed the 80 in November up to 120 by the end of the year with helping him win a title and everything like that. I don't think Kaminga's even reached that 80 mark at this point uh, or, or even close to it at, at this point. 
that doesn't mean you're not going to want it or think you deserve it. So I think that's going to be interesting. The other option is you can also just – they already picked up the option. You can you know, give him a qualifying offer. Make, you know, he's going to be a restricted free agent if he wants, him, wants to be. The Warriors can wait a year. And I think this right now today, I would wait on any kind of Jonathan Kaminga. And again, you don't have to decide for another year. But I would wait on any Jonathan Kaminga extension, assuming he continues to play the way that he's played to this point this season. Play out that fourth year, if, if unless you think he's somebody that could be part of a trade package at that point. Play out that fourth year and make a team make him an offer, and then you decide whether you match the offer or not because he'd be a restricted free agent. And, and then you could just keep him at that point if you want to keep him. I feel like that is the path they could have gone down with Poole. They chose not to because he was so good. They paid him early. And I, like, I, I would not do that with Kaminga, who's been less effective at his best to this point than Poole had been to this point. Yeah, and getting back to Jordan Poole, they paid him early. And then, of course, you, know, you, can, you can finish that sentence by saying that it didn't work. It didn't work because while there was a risk uh, paying him early, I, I think if they could do it all over again, they would have never given him the extension. But that's you know, there's there's a risk element involved in all of this. Got him, Chris Paul. Though you don't give him that extension, you don't get Chris Paul. No, that's true. But I think as a player, they were a bit. There wasn't the sort of growth, uh, both from a personal standpoint and, and and on the floor. I don't think that that's what they envisioned. And with that history being so fresh in the mind of the Golden State Warriors, that yeah, there's no way in hell. Sorry, JD and or your agent, if you're listening this morning, that the Golden State Warriors would even encroach going. Uh, down that road with Jonathan Kaminga. And to your point, uh, furthermore, he hasn't proven it on the floor that he's worthy of any extension at this point. So if ever there was a guy that you would let play out and, yeah, wait to see what his offer is and get an opportunity to match, it's Jonathan Kaminga. Jonathan Kaminga is the quintessential player that's in flux right now. He's still at that fork in the road. He could be, you know, that guy that has the breakout year and maybe, you know, as we all sort of hold out and think that as we get teased with, with all of this crazy skill that he might be on his way to being the next latest greatest, and or he could be this guy that continues to make mistakes while doing one step, you know, while doing some remarkable things. It's the proverbial one step forward and two steps back. So Yeah, uh, time ahead. will tell on that. Time will tell on that. And, and look, it's a little premature to have the absolute answer. He could completely explode in a good way in the next year and a half, and he winds up getting paid a lot of money. Like, that's also still on the table as well. Dan, great stuff. Appreciate it. We'll do it again next week. Looking forward to it, my man. Thanks, buddy. For the great Mark Grandy and for Dan Devone, I'm John Dickinson. We'll talk to you, well, at 4.30 as I'm headed over to Chase for Warriors Live. Warriors in the Cavs. A lot of home games coming up, and we're going to have you covered right here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.